This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I'd like to call your attention this morning to a few words that are found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 49. Just read a few of these verses today and then make an application from the Word of God from these verses that I hope that will be a help and a blessing to uh, many of us here today. Isaiah chapter 49. I'm going to begin reading at verse 13 and read through verse uh, 17 of this passage. Would you stand with me, please, as we read together the Word of God? You read silently as I read aloud. These words were written by um, the Messiah, given by the Messiah, written by Isaiah. But they come from the heart of Jesus Christ through his Father God. And let's read them. Sing, O heaven, be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And then God answers that thought with these next words. God says, Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, And yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste. Thy destroyers and uh, and they that make thee waste shall go forth from thee. They'll depart. These uh, verses are a psalm of restoration. Israel has returned from Babylonian uh, captivity here. And the Holy Spirit, through his servant Isaiah, pens these words. And it's wonderful to see how God uses such a love that a mother has for her children to identify himself with that mother, with that love. He equates his love for his children with the love of a mother for her nursing child. Wonderful illustration here and a wonderful application. Our Father, we are so grateful today for the privilege that we have to honor our mothers. Though some are with thee, God, we still have honor and a very special tender place in our heart. for the impact they've had on our lives. God, thank you for these godly mothers, some standing before me and some behind me here today. And I pray, Lord, that you will use this message to challenge our mothers to be faithful, be faithful servants of God. 
and to be faithful examples to their children. We commit this hour to you for Jesus' sake. Amen. You may be seated. A mother is more than just a parent. In fact, the common fallacy today is simply is that simply having children makes you a mother. That may be true in a physical sense, but it's ludicrous as believing that we, it's as ludicrous as believing if we have a piano in our living room, it makes us a musician. It takes a very special person to be the kind of mother that the Bible describes for us. There are many of you like that here this morning. I'm so grateful for that. I thank God for my wife. My wife is a godly wife, but she's a godly mother and a godly grandmother. It thrills me when our grandchildren call up. And if I answer the phone, hey, Pop, how you doing? Doing great, how you doing? I'm doing great. How's the weather down there or over there? Oh, just fine. How's it there in Chesapeake? Oh, it's great. Grandmom there. <laughs> and you know, I used to kind of scratch my head over that a little bit because you know, I've tried to be a good grandfather <laughs> and a good father. And uh, I love my grandkids, you know. But you know what? Our children and our grandchildren have a special relationship with mom and grandmom. Your moms and grandmoms here know that. You know how that goes. And so, Dad, when your grandchildren do that, don't get upset. <laughs> Just thank God that they have a grandmom or, or a mother that, they, that their grandchildren can look up to and, and get the greatest advice from them. I love to see grandfathers here in our congregation interacting with their grandchildren. Uh, you know what grandparents are for, don't you? Grandparents are to, sp uh, sp uh, to uh, spoil the child and then send them back home. <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why we exist. I heard Dr. Bob Jr. say one time, he says, if I knew being a grandfather was so much fun, I'd have had grandchildren first. <laughs> the Hebrew word that's translated mother in the Bible is the word ami, or ame. And here's what it means. Here's what the Hebrew word ame means. It means the bond of the family. Isn't that interesting? The bond of the family. The word, word, the word also signifies a force that strengthens the, and holds things together. Someone said mothers are like glue. Even when you can't see them, they're still holding the family together. I think that's a pretty good, accurate statement. Without questions, mothers are special gifts from God. The loveliest masterpiece from the hand of God is the heart of a mother. Some of our most famous American leaders recognize that uh, wonderful value in their mothers. William Zachary said, 
Mother is the name for God on the lips and the hearts of little children. Boy, think of that one. George Washington said, All I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. John Quincy Adams said, All that I am, my mother made me. Abraham Lincoln said something very similar. He said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. William McKinley said, by the blessings of heaven, I mean to live and die and please God in the faith of my mother. Ronald Reagan made this statement. He said, from my mother, I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams and believe I can, uh, believe I can make them come true. George W. Bush said, Mothers are the, cent are the center of the success of the American family. Their love, dedication, and wisdom touch countless lives in every day of every community throughout the land. And their love and guidance of children help to develop healthy and spiritual sound families. As we celebrate this morning the gift of mothers, I want to point out some of the valuable qualities of their love for their children that would prompt God to equate his love with their love. In this passage that we read, we found out one thing, that a mother wraps her children in love. Look again, if you will, at verse 15. You see there the word compassion. It says this, can a woman forget her suckling or nursing child, that she should have compassion on the son of her womb. There's not a mother in this building that doesn't have that kind of love and compassion and uh, for her children. And, and you wrap your children in that love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we read here a very familiar passage of scripture. All of you have read this many times. You've heard it read. You've read it yourself. And and you've pondered on it, but I, have you ever thought of it in this, in this respect? That this is the description of a mother's love. Oh, I know it's a description of love in general. There are 15 characteristics of love here in this passage of Scripture. But when you read it in the light of a mother, it seems to fit. It says this, love suffereth long, it's kind. Love envieth not, love vaunteth not itself, it puffeth, it is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. If that doesn't describe a mother's love, I don't know what would. A mother's love protects her children. Look again in this passage that we read, verses uh, 16 and 17. You see there it mentioned the walls. Uh, it says in verse 16, thy walls are continually before me. You know what that's speaking of? It's speaking of protection, the, 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 the wall of protection of, a, of, a God, of godly love and a mother's love. And mother's love protects her children. Unless a mother is abnormal, 
she has a natural God-given love for her children. And that love often moves, moves her to some heroic things to protect them. I read a story recently. The essence of it is this. About 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning, James Lawson of Running Springs, California, left home for work. About an hour later, his 36-year-old wife, Pat, left home to teach her fifth grade class down the mountainside, down at Riverside. She had the couple's two children with her, five-year-old Susan, two-year-old Gerald, intending to drop them off at the babysitter. But they never arrived. Eight and a half hours later, James found his wife and daughter dead in their wrecked car, upside down in a cold mountain stream at the bottom of a steep cliff. His, his two-year-old son was just barely alive in the 38-degree water. But that accident revealed something amazing and heart-wrenching about the character of a mother's love. When her husband scrambled down the cliff to what he thought was the cries of his wife, he found her with her arms locked in death, holding their little boy, holding their little boy's head just above the waterline in their submerged car. For eight and a half hours, Pat Lawson had held her little boy afloat until she died. Her body was frozen in that position of sacrificing love, holding her baby up so, so he could breathe. She died so her son couldn't live. That's the essence of a mother's love, sacrificing. I have found during the course of life that mothers will sacrifice just about anything for their children. There's more to a mother's love than that. A mother's love provides for her children. If you'll notice in verse 16, it says this. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Matthew Henry says this of that little phrase. He says this. He says, it refers to the custom of those who tie a string about their finger to put them in mind of things that they would be afraid that they would forget. It's setting them as a seal upon the heart and being, being ever mindful of them and their interests. That's what a mother does. She never forgets. She provides for his children. We all know the passage in Proverbs 31. We've heard that preached from so many times on Mother's Day. The... Um, the uh, story of the word forget uh, words escaping me they say it say it out loud so i can hear it virtuous woman who can find a virtuous woman well here's what that passage said it tells us so much about the love that a mother provides she's like the merchant ship she she brings her food from afar she raiseth up while it is yet night and giveth meat to her, to her household she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Judah Thomas in his book, Funny Things About Mom, writes this. He says, mother, a mother is a person seeing, 
when seeing that there's only four pieces of pie left for five people, promptly announces that she never did like pie. <laughs> and they'll do without, but the kids won't if they can help it. I've seen my mother do that many times, several times. You know, kids know where their help comes from. A 15-year-old boy came home, running home from school into the house and found his mother in bed. And he asked if she was sick or something. He was really concerned about her. And the mom said, as a matter of fact, son, I don't feel well at all. And the boy said, well, don't worry a bit about dinner, mom. I'll be happy to carry you down to the stove. A mother's love protects her children, provides for her children, but also a mother's love pities her children. There's an interesting passage found in Matthew chapter 15. You can turn there if you like, but you don't need to. I'm going to refer to it and read, read it to you. But here's a, here's a mother that showed pity for her children, child. Beginning at verse 22, it says this, And, and, the woman be, and, and behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto him, unto Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she, she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent only unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Am I not sent only unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel? She was a Canaanite. That meant she was a Gentile. And, uh, and then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, Is it not meat? Is it not proper to take the children's bread, cast it to the dogs? It's a reference here. The dogs here is a reference to the Gentiles. And she said, Truth, Lord. And yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus was just trying her. He wasn't being mean to her. He was just trying her to see how genuine her faith and her charity, her love for her daughter really was. And when he determined that it was genuine, he knew that from the beginning because he always knows all things, but he was teaching his disciples something here. When he saw the genuineness of it and, was te and, te and taught this to his disciples that, that when somebody's genuine, they need to reach out to them, they need to pity them and care for them. And so, and so he healed the mother's daughter. A mother's love cries out for her children's well-being. A mother knows her children and goes at any length to help them in their needs. She knows their strength and their weakness. And when her children have a problem, mom will fix it. And if she can't fix it, she'll find somebody who can, even if it means doing the unusual. Lion Jones wrote a book entitled, Is There a God? And in that book he said this, I ask you, who is the greater, Thomas A. Edison or his mother? When he was a young lad, his, uh, his teacher sent, sent him home with a note that, that said, 
your child is dumb, we can't do anything for him. And Mrs. Edison wrote back, you don't understand my boy. I'll teach him myself. And she did. And the results are very well known to us, aren't they? A mother wants the best for her children. Wants the best. We find another interesting story in the Gospel of Matthew written about a mother. It's the mother of Zebedee's two sons. And as we read this story, oftentimes, even as I have in the past, I, we read this story to say, well, how selfish of her. How dumb for a mother to do such a thing. Let me read it to you. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her two sons, worshiping Jesus and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. What a strange request. That mother wants the best for her children. Can you blame her? You see, only a mom who could request such a thing. She just wanted what she thought was the best for her boys, and so she took it a little far, perhaps. But you have to give her credit for being a mother with good intentions. That's what moms do. That's what moms are. Moms are people with good intentions, wanting the best for their children. A mother was concerned about her only son leaving home and going off to college. So she wrote a letter to the college president, Dear Sir, my son has been accepted for admission in your college and soon he'll be leaving home. I'm writing to ask that you give your personal attention to the selection of his roommate. I want to be sure that he's not the kind of person who uses foul language or tells off-color jokes, smokes cigarettes, drinks alcohol, or chases after girls. I hope you understand, sir, why I'm appealing to you directly. You see, this is the first time my son will be away from home, except for the three years he spent in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Only a mother would write a letter like that. But not only does she wrap her children in love and want the best for her children, but thirdly, a mother worships with her children at all times. My heart jumps when I read a passage or a few verses in, in Paul's second letter to his, his spiritual son, Timothy. In that second epistle, he makes this statement. He told Timothy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou, shalt, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy's father was a, a Greek, a Gentile. Timothy's mother and, and his grandmother were, were Jews. We don't know whether Timothy's father was saved or not. There's a possibility that he was. 
But the truth is the greatest influence he had in his life was his mother and his grandmother. Think of that. His mother and his grandmother had the greatest influence upon his life. They taught him the scriptures. They set before him an example of godly conduct, of what godliness is. And he not only learned the Bible, but he learned how to live by the example that his mother and his grandmother set before him. He learned about salvation. He learned about living for God from that godly mother and that godly grandmother. And this is a great example for every mom. Mom, your influence upon your children is profound, profound. Your influence is greater than anyone else's. And uh, here are some especially important things to remember for setting a godly example before your children. A few things that I've observed during the course of my life, my ministry here. God before sports every day, especially Sunday and Wednesday. You're not doing your children any favor by letting them go to soccer practice on Wednesday night when they ought to be a frontline club or proteins in church. Or when the soccer team or the baseball team or the football team wants to play a game on Sunday, you let them do it. You see, it's a matter of priorities. It's a matter of a godly example. God before sports every day. Secondly, devotions before daily activities every day. You know, I've experienced this over and over and over in my life. If I don't have my devotions early in the morning, I have gone through the day without having them. I have to admit that. I, I guess I'm just not a very good Christian, but, but there are times when I've, I even forgot them. I've come up to, I've woken, woken up in the middle, of the, awakened in the middle of the night and thought, you know what? I didn't spend any time in prayer today or reading my Bible. I forgot it. You say, you forgot it? Yeah, I forgot it. You get my age, you'll forget a few things too. <laughs> in fact, I started forgetting some of those things way back yonder, you know, at your age. Teach them to have their devotions early. God and I time, whatever you want to call it. Take some time with the Lord. Get the day started right. And, uh, and that, that'll, that'll really add a lot to your child's life. And then another one. Dad's the boss all the time. And we submit to his leadership. You know, the influence that you have upon your children's life, and it is profound, as I've said all through this message, you've, you've gotten that idea. But never let your children get away from the idea that dad's the boss, that his leadership in the home is important. They need a, a dad. They need a father's influence, too. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that in June on Father's Day. Winston Churchill made this statement after Great Britain went through the war. Winston Churchill said, 
If you want to change our nation, begin by enlisting mothers. This is a true story, how godly Christian mother's life speaks to her children. When Robert Ingersoll, the notorious skeptic, was in his heyday, two college students went to hear him lecture. Afterwards, as they walked out of the lecture room, one said to the other, well, I guess he knocked the props from out of Christianity, didn't he? And the other one said, no, I don't think, so. I don't think he did. Ingersoll didn't explain why my mom's, he didn't explain my mom's life, and until he can, I'll stand by my mother's God. Well, mom, what is your life teaching your children? Be careful, they're watching. A godly mother wrote this poem. A careful mother I ought to be, a little one is following me. I do not dare go astray for fear my child will go that way. I cannot once escape her eyes, what she sees me do, she tries. Like me, she says I'm going to be that little one that follows me. She thinks that I'm good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me, she must not see that little one who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer sun and winter snow, I'm molding for the years to be that little one who follows me. There are a lot more things we could say about a mom that are important. Let me just give you a few examples and we'll quit. Mom wears her children, mom warns her children of dangers. A mother wears her weans her children from the world. A mother wins her children's affection. A mother cheer, worries about her children leaving home. A mother walks with her children through the hardest of times. A mother wears her children's burdens. You know, it's interesting to see how God equates his love for his children with the love of a mother for her children. Those two loves are so closely connected and intertwined and they're so constantly expressed. Isaiah said, can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, and yet will I not forget thee. Later on in the book of Isaiah, we find these words. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. That's God's love for us. It's a wonderful love. It's a love that you and I will never get away from since we are his children. But his love so exemplifies a mother's love. And God equates the two in that passage of scripture. I think that's interesting. Father, thank you so much for loving us. We don't deserve it. Truth is, God, everybody in this room ought to go to hell. We've been so wicked in our lives. We failed you. We've fallen short of your glory. We've done everything, God, to provoke your wrath. And yet, God, you love us so. And so often we see even that reflected in a mother's love for her children. 
And I pray, God, that you will help our mothers today. Strengthen them, God. Help them to be what they want to be. The kind of mother that will set an example before their children that their children will never forget. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for our mothers. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.